Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Welcome to the show. This is Ty from Breaker Culture. This is episode 62 of Breaker Culture Weekly, episode three of season three. And uh, man, we're on a roll with season three already. I'm excited for all these episodes we got coming your way. Today we have Chris from Crack and Wax. We had Chris on back December of last year, so eight months ago, and talked about all kinds of stuff. And today I'm excited because we have him on really for his most important week of his year, and that's Allen and Ginter release week. Uh, he was founded on this idea of the Allen and Ginter charity breaks that he would do years and years ago. And here we are, 2019, he's on the seventh or eighth year doing this. And uh, it's it's great stuff. He knows Ginter really well. And uh, look, he, he does a – him and LQ do a lot of stuff when it comes to charity. We'll talk about all that. But um, I want to give you a heads up. So they have – I think they sold out of their spots for their, their breaks. I think they have two breaks for the Ginter cases. Those are sold out as of today. But – I want to go ahead and help you guys get entered into the charity price packs. So for every 20 retweets we get on this podcast tweet, and I'll note it there when I send it out on Twitter, I'm going to give away a charity price pack entry to one of you um, followers. So please tag somebody, um, tweet it out. Let's let's build up the, the awareness for the uh, Big Brothers Big Sister charity giveaway. Let's help them break their record of $3,000 this year and do what we can. And it's, a, it's no sweat off your back, right? Just retweet that and we'll... Uh, will help build the awareness for it. All right, so listen for that. You'll hear all about the price pack. I mean, look, you're going to get an insane, insane price pack this year with Mike Trout Auto, Nolan Ryan Auto, and all kinds of other incredible stuff. So you want to be entered in that, I can promise you. Okay, a um, couple other things. One, be sure to look at all the stuff we put out there this week. Uh, new Bowman, 2019 Bowman Pricing Ladder with video, YouTube channel. Uh, new Prism Basketball Pricing Ladder with video. Um, a little bit more Summer League stuff out there. Um, putting a lot of content out there on the site for you and we're using our YouTube channel as best we can. So uh, please subscribe to us there and let us know what you think. If you if you think we should do things a little bit differently, you want uh, you want to provide some feedback, throw them in the YouTube comments or shoot me a note on, on Twitter. And uh, look, we want to make things as useful as we can. So let us know how we can do that. So a couple couple uh, reviews I want to read on iTunes because, I again, I, I think that's so important. I appreciate you taking the time. So a couple more that stood out to me. First one, a little bit longer, but Raider, Raider Ralph, back in January, wrote this. I highly recommend this podcast to any hardcore or novice baseball card collector. I, myself, am relatively new to baseball card collecting, so this podcast has elevated my knowledge in the baseball card collecting game from zero to a strong six out of ten. Heck yeah. I really appreciate listening to which cards or products to look out for or which prospects I should be keeping my eye on. My only gripe is that it's not, only a daily, it's not a daily podcast, but it's just... My personal selfishness piercing through. Keep up the great job, guys. Raider, Ralph, that's an amazing review. Thank you so much for that. Also in January, JR0424. I'm just getting back into the hobby after a 20-year break because my kids have expressed an interest that I would like to fuel. I can uh, definitely relate to that. The information discussed in this podcast has really accelerated my understanding of what it means to collect today. It is not even close to what it was 20 years ago. Keep up the good work. 
Heck yeah. Thank you both. JR0424 and Raider Ralph. Those are great, great reviews. And uh, I love seeing that stuff. Two guys getting back into the hobby and I'm glad we can accelerate your knowledge in the, in the hobby. So good stuff. Uh, guys, appreciate it. Enjoy this show. Um, a little bit more national stuff coming out this week. We got three interviews scheduled in the next four days. I will try to pace those out accordingly so that you get a lot of content coming your way. Have a great week. Enjoy the show. Chris, how you doing, man? Hi, how is it going? It's going well. Can you believe it was December 2018 last spoke? Episode 38. It's like I dropped off the face of the earth while you guys were off doing hundreds of podcasts. Yeah, right. You are the, I, I tell LQ all the, all the time that uh, you are the hardest working man in show business, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> and the least paid. Yeah. <laughs> least compensated. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, man, what is that? Seven seven months. Seven months oh. since we last spoke. Almost eight. Who's, who's counting? Who's counting? Really? Who's counting? <laughs> yeah. How are you? you know, I, first, I apologize to the audience and to you. We tried to make it work with LQ and you today. Just couldn't make it work with schedules. But next yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, and she's LQ been dying. She's, well, and I think our group have, have really been dying to have her on, too, because she's she's really the, the, the main attraction to our thing. And for those in the... Breaker culture audience who don't know, LQ is short for literal quirk. That's my wife. Uh, I don't know why her parents named her literal quirk. It's really weird, but. Uh... <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know there's no live audience, right? They can't laugh at that. Oh, dang. No, that's just, I'm used to that anyway. Just. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll make it work next time for sure. But th right. this is a, July is the big month for you, right? I mean, you're you're obviously busy in general because crack and wax has been growing, but July yep. is the is where it all began. July is is the big one for us. It's our it's our main event, and uh, I, I took last week off from breaking just to, and that's insane for a breaker to do, I know. But um, and it wasn't to rest and relax and and go uh, on a trip and and do anything fun like that. It was literally to get all this stuff organized for what we're doing this week, which is our big Allen and Ginter charity event. Mm. This is what, uh, which number is this? How many years have you done this in a row? I feel like, okay, so the charity stuff all started with Allen and Ginter mm -hmm. in 2013, but it didn't really become our big main event until I believe 2014. Okay. And that's where we really decided, hey, we've got something here with this charity thing and let's, let's pick uh, a charity that both my wife and I are very passionate about. Let's pick a product that we really like. Let's combine the two and see what we can do with it. And it's blown up ever since then. Beautiful. Have you always sponsored Big Brothers Big Sisters with this event? Ever, yeah, ever since the beginning, Big Brothers Big Sisters. And and I think we mentioned this uh, last. Uh, our, maybe it was our first uh, time with uh, mm -hmm. on your podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, how. 
I always wanted to get involved in some way with Big Brothers Big Sisters. LQ ended up actually getting involved herself. She ended up becoming uh, both Minnesota's and the Greater Twin Cities Big Sister of the Year mm -hmm. for 2014, the year that it all blew up for us. So it's something that we've always really kind of uh, gravitated towards. We donate to them every year. Mm -hmm. It means a lot to us, and and I'm I'm so thankful that this particular event that we do does so well for them. Yeah. That's cool. I, do you, I'm assuming you know like an account manager or someone over there that is familiar with kind of what you do and where the money's coming from. Is that – uh, do they ever get involved? <laughs> or is it just like, yeah, an anonymous donation, thank you? <laughs> well, no, it's – it's well, and here's the thing. Um, they send you a, a, a nice, thick, very beautifully print, uh, printed booklet of all the donors and and it's not all the donors. It's, hmm. it's those who donate like uh, from 1,000 up. And I mean, it's a thick book. There are a ton of people and, and corporations who donate just, I mean, ridiculous amounts, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And it, what we do compared to them is so small and insignificant that I, while it would be a nice thought that there is some sort of accounting manager, like, oh, crack and wax is donating it. I, there's no way. <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. Although my local post office, funny enough, they, they recognize me. They call me the card man. So someone. <laughs> That's all. It, the moment where the post guy, post office guy is like, hey, what, what exactly are you shipping here? And you're like, mm, cards. Don't worry about it. I'm shipping cards. Don't tell yeah. anybody. <laughs> yeah. One part of me is like, why am I embarrassed to say that? And then second off, I don't want to say it because there's so many thieves out there these days. I don't want people to hear that. I got cards floating around these packages. Right. Right. Well, there there was a time where I was too embarrassed. Uh, like my family just in the last year found out what LQ and I were up to. Like we've been do crack and wax has been around for over ten years, and I was just too shy to be like I I'm I'm a forty year old man that plays with baseball cards, <laughs> but they're all behind it now. They're like, yeah, dude, why didn't you tell us before? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Even my brother in law buys spots now. It's crazy. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so funny. I'll never forget having a conversation with a dude. Uh, last year and he was joking about how some lady asked him, what do you do for a living? And he's like, well, I kind of don't want to tell you. She's like, well, this, what, what do you, I'm curious. He's like, well, <laughs> I actually, I sell, I sell ph photographs of grown men. <laughs> he's like, and oddly enough, they're mostly middle-aged, pretty well-cut grown men. <laughs> and he's like, after I said that I was joking, but I, I kind of, it kind of hit me like, you know what? What what am I doing? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's worse to describe it that way than just to go into it and say exactly what it really is. Oh, but. totally, totally. But if you, if you can't laugh about it and realize, you know what, there's a lot of crazier hobbies out there in this world than aren't there? Yeah, yeah. and it, I, I I joke around with uh, LQ all the time. Like, it, I like had I told you the first time that we met that that was something that was that I'm into. <laughs> Would you still be with me? She's, she's like, I used to collect garbage pail kids. What are you talking about? Of course. Yeah. Like, oh, thank goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, look, Shani collects fountain pens. I, oh, I guess, really? I guess you can do, you can write with them. I guess there's some sort of use for those. But yeah, we've had discussions about this early, early on. And then I realized, you know what? Hey, guys, uh, Shani, that people don't really care about that. Let's stop bringing it up. <laughs> LQ might. She's a, kind of an office supply nerd. She might. Uh... <laughs> the I'm fact that you just done. classified it as office supplies is good enough on. for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, he's got podcasts and stuff you listen to about about fountain, fountain pens. It's just insane. There are 
podcasts about fountain pens? Are you really? Dude, if, if you go and Google like high-end fountain pens, you'd be blown away with what these things sell for. Wow. It's, yeah, it's insane. Well, I suppose if there are par- podcasts about trading cards, there can be podcasts about anything. <laughs> yeah. We are you know? so far off track right now. This is unbelievable. Let's get back ah. on track. Come All on, right, man. Let's... Stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. Got it. So, Alan and Ginter, we, we obviously want to talk a lot about that. What? So, so tell us a little bit about kind of what folks can still be doing because Ginter comes out this week. You're, you're breaking on Saturday, right? The 20th, you guys go? Breaking all day on Saturday. Yep. Uh, I, I think the plan is to start with the first case at 11 in the morning. I usually do it at one, but Ginter is one of those kind of pain in the butt products. And it's a very right. divisive product because of the, the, the mixture of baseball and non NMLB. And then you've got all the, the mini cards to, to futz around with. And we like to, to sort and collate as we're going. That's why it's nice to have LQ join in on the break. So she's not only just sorting, she's also, you know, you know, throwing jabs my way, which is the entertaining part. And then take a little break, fire it back up for case number two at five o'clock. And then after that, we've got another big thing that we usually do, which is we uh, we random off our charity price pack that we uh, build every year for this. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that. What is that? Uh, yeah. So the charity price pack was an idea that we came up with for 2014. Mm-hmm. Cause we're like, okay, we can only throw so much in donations at at this through just breaking these cases. What else can we do to raise even more money? And mm-hmm. this is this is why this is our big main event because this is the only time that we do this. What we did back then, and we, what we still continue to do now, is we we gather up uh, prize donations from other collectors, corporate sponsors, uh, and we usually try to make it either Allen and Ginter or baseball related. Um, some people throw on some football stuff, but that's not a huge deal. And then what we do is we, we list all those items and we throw it into one big package and we say, um, for every $5 you donate, we will give you a free entry to win this prize pack. And that took off huge that first year. And our, our very first winner, uh, our friend, David H, you might know him on Twitter, uh, David in arc won that prize pack and, he was just so thrilled that, you know, for something as small as a $5 donation, you could end up with this huge pack. So when you, year, real quick, when you say donation, you mean an actual physical, donation, not buying product. into a break. Correct. So okay. you literally what we do is we collect your donation. So we put that all in the pile that goes to Big Brothers, Big Sisters. We don't take any of that money. That's not coming to us. You're not purchasing anything. You're literally donating. So there's there's nothing to buy. There's you know you're not going to get a mail day from us because it's a it's a donation. We are uh, we're going to say thank you for your donation, of course. But there's nothing physical unless we happen to award you with the the charity prize pack. And it's something that's uh, really been what has put things over the top. We started that first year with uh, sending off you know a thousand dollars to Big Brothers Big Sisters, and each year it's gotten a little bit bigger, a little bit better. Um, last year. We ended up not taking any prize donations from any corporate sponsors. We just did it all through collectors. And last year was our biggest year. We were able to donate three thousand dollars. Wow! And this year we're hoping that it's even better because this year our charity prize pack. Ty, I got to tell you something. I, I don't know how I'm going to ship this all in one container. <laughs> and, and I don't mean to sound you know like I'm throwing a hyperbole, but it, honestly, this literally is the biggest charity prize pack we've ever assembled. So you have the. There's a grand prize winner that takes all of that. Yep. 
there's one person, one person mm. out of all the generous donations and people that donated to the charity prize pack is going to end up with this massive box of goodies and you're you're going to be sorting through this stuff for quite a while it's uh it's pretty ridiculous wow so it's all the base and all the crap that you did not sell from the entire year you put it on that is that what i'm hearing absolutely not ty (laughs) (laughs) may i share with you just some of the highlights i won't go through everything just i want to hear so much okay So from us, what we've put into the charity prize pack, we are putting in the entire non-MLB spot from case number two. We're also giving a $50 break credit to the winner. We're also putting in a couple of other goodies. Uh, Tops has sent us a massive uh, like care package thing that includes, you know, like a duffel bag full of stuff. Plus, they threw in a, a hobby box sealed of Clearly Authentic, of Big League and of Inception. BCW sent us an assortment of tobacco card supplies, which goes perfectly with those Allen Ginter minis. Um, Blowout card sent us a bunch of uh, blaster boxes of Allen and Ginter from 2018. Beckett has donated a one-year online price guide subscription. Hero Habit has done a one-year team box subscription. Wow. We've got things from Sports Card Forum. Our friend Dub Mentality sent us a bunch of things. Sean R., uh, sent us one of the highlights, I think. He sent a whole package of a bunch of great cards, including a Warren Spawn cut autograph. Jason Wong, who was one of the, if you remember the uh, Allen and Ginter, the the Ginter code. He was one, oh, of, the, yeah. awesome. he was one of the people that solved the Ginter code years okay. back. He's donated a couple things, including one of his autograph cards that he wow. got inserted into that set that year. Other wax crackers like Mika, Debut, Matt L. And then this weekend, we got this uh, massive donation from Vilma. She sent a big box of autograph cards. Every single card is autographed, including a Mike Trout autograph, Nolan Ryan autograph, <laughs> Cody Bellinger autograph. And the list goes on from there. I mean, it's and that's not even everything. That's not even everything. Those are the highlights that are in this one charity prize pack. And you just go to crackandwax.com shop. You'll see the 2019 Allen and Ginter Charity Prize Pack sitting there, and donate as much or as little as you like. For each five dollars that you donate, we're going to thank you with an entry to win that whole thing. Amazing, amazing. We're going to come up with a good giveaway. I'm going to announce it at the beginning of the show, but I'm going to come up with something. To All get right, good folks involved. I like it. All right. So, are, in terms of filling up the spots, are you guys filled up or no for the break spots? So case number one is currently full. Okay. Case number two has about three teams left. And can I also just shout out real quick, speaking of case number two, Mm -hmm. uh, I have to shout out a wonderful wax cracker. I I call our group. I hate calling people customers for some reason. I call them wax crackers. Deb P. She's been with us for years. Mm Mm-hmm. Last year, she donated an entire case of Allen & Ginter for this. She did it again this year, and that's case number two. And cases of Alan Ginter are not cheap, by the way. So she, this is out of her own pocket, and she's just sending this case to us. And <laughs> case number two is a 100% uh, charity case break. So that means 100% of proceeds minus fees and shipping from that one case are going to Big Brothers Big Sisters. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much, Deb P., if you're listening. You are amazing. No kidding. That is awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, so we're going to have to try to help you fill those last few spots in the charity prize pack. You have uh, my undivided attention on that. 
<laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. And we've, we've got we've got a heck of a goal to beat. So 3000 is a. Uh, it's up there, but uh, we're slowly creeping up to the beat last year's total. So I, I'm thinking we can do it. We can do it. All right. So the actual total was three grand even. What was the final total? Well, we pitched in a little extra to bump it up to 3000. Okay. Cool. But we would like to beat that. Yeah. Love it, man. Love it. So you're, your guys is, I was looking at your site. You're at 18,860 in total charity giveaway to date. to date. Is that your best year so far in charity gives? Well, that's, that's to date when 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 uh, since we started uh, taking charity. That's oh, gotcha. Not, uh, okay, okay. For a year. Cool. Um, this year is our best year so far, and that's because we started doing every single break for charity. Okay. In years past, it would just be like selective. In, yeah, in one month we do this charity break, and Got next it. month, but every single one. So we've oh my god. So last month we raised seven hundred fifty dollars for charity. Amazing. Yeah. I love it, man. You know, we talk to a lot of breakers, uh, obviously. We interview lots, and some we post in the podcast, some we don't end up posting on the podcast, but almost always the question comes down to for these newer breakers is, how in the world do I profit from this? How do I finally get enough margin to collect and make it worth my while? And you're giving away 750 bucks in a month to charity. I love it, man. Yep. I absolutely yep. love it. Your focus is outstanding. What? Well, uh, yeah. So, so last time we talked, we, we, I mean, it's almost not even fair since it was eight months ago. We were talking about kind of heading into 2019. I think one of the things you had said was you're going to try to figure out a way to kind of handle the ebbs and flows of the hobby a little bit more and be a little more consistent when it comes to your breaking. Yep. How has yeah, that absolutely. gone? Summarize kind of how you think that's gone so far. <clears throat> I think it's going very well. Um, and I can't remember if I mentioned it on that last podcast, but one of the goals was to potentially take this completely full time. Um, yeah, you didn't. Some folks that. might be surprised to know that this is not my full time gig. This is my side hustle. Uh, and one of the things stopping me from doing this full time is not my model of breaking. I think I have. I've kind of built this to be a successful model. The thing that's stopping me is my day job. Um, it's not, a, my day job is not a dream job by any uh, stretch of the imagination. Um, but I do have a 401k with my day job. I do have uh, full paid benefits and things like that. And until crack and wax can overtake those costs, this is going to be my side hustle. Sure. But, uh, in order to kind of, stay on top of those ebbs and flows, which even with the model that I've kind of developed with crack and wax, I still experience those ebbs and flows, but it's all about maintaining a presence. It's all about being consistent. You don't want to take the, the down months and, and let them affect what you're doing in the future. You're going to have great months. You're going to have bad months, but as long as you, stay out there and you maintain some consistency. The last thing you want to do is it, what's that old adage? Never let them see you sweat. The last thing you want to do is tell your, 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 uh, your group or your customers that, Oh man, things, things suck. You know, as you start giving that negative vibe out, then people are like, well, if things suck, then I don't want to go there. Hmm. Yeah. That, I, I hear you. you. Yeah. The desperation call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, come on, guys, step up. We need this. Um, 
consistency. So I heard the word consistency. So what, what do you think has worked for you when it comes to being, cause I mean, there's a lot of things you could do to be consistent. You could keep posting breaks. You could just be more on social. What, what have you done to kind of really focus on being consistent? For me, what I've had to learn, and this is, you know, all trial and error through years and years, and I'm sure every other breaker, especially the more successful breakers will say something similar is they really had to dial in to what they are, what makes them them and really lean into that. And for us, I think a lot of people that I hear back from, and even from you, Ty, is that we kind of have a certain look and a certain feel. And that's something that I've really, really decided to lean into that I have an advantage with my graphic uh, design background. I'm able to keep my graphics crisp and consistent. When you see our graphics come up without even seeing our logo, you know that's us. If you happen to hop into our break room by accident, let's say you didn't mean to go into crack and wax, you meant to go you know, to somebody else that starts with a C, you see our live stream graphics without even seeing our logo, you'll know that's us. And very, and over time, people start to know and recognize, and that's your brand awareness. And as long as you maintain that sort of consistency, people will start, it'll start clicking in their head. Oh, that must be crack and wax. Let's see what they're up to. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, so brand awareness. And I think, yeah, I think it's that you, you and I have talked about this offline. Yeah. I think your, your brand awareness, your ability to kind of stay consistent with the way you promote your brand definitely sticks out to me. What, what would you say are sort of the things you said you trial and error? What, what things did not work when it came to <laughs> trying to get your brand out there a little bit more? Yeah, so and I have heard other uh, breakers on your podcast kind of uh, mention mm-hmm. this before uh, with dropping money in in advertising, mm-hmm. and that's and that's real tough because um, again, my background is in you know uh, graphic design, marketing, print, all that stuff. So I know that marketing is obviously necessary, even in something as very niche as breaking. And and yes, breaking is extraordinarily niche. Throwing dollars mm-hmm. into advertising for me has not really worked that well. And I mean, I've, I've tried different avenues. I've tried uh, marketing on Instagram. I've tried marketing on Facebook. I've tried marketing on Twitter, um, buying advertisements on different sites through Google, Google ads. You'll get your clicks, but you're not getting your, your ROI on that, at least on my end. I'm not saying that other breakers don't have um, success with that. So what I've had to learn to do is it's all word of mouth. And I think your last uh, episode, the breakers there talked about that. It was all grassroots. It was all Mm. word of mouth. It was all customers talking about what you were able to do for them because their customers aren't shy. They will tell everybody uh, this breaker was great or this breaker was crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So let's dig into the brand awareness part a little bit more because I I think this is important. Uh, What what do you – do you feel like your customers, do you feel like they know you because of your style, your logo, and kind of your overall design? Or do they know you because you have a theme and you have a mission and people relate to that a little bit more? What do you think your awareness, what piece of that has really helped drive your awareness? So the brand identity portion of it, that's really just the 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 eyeballs part of it. It's, sure. 
it's to get the foot in the door. Uh, the people that really know us know us more for our mission, what we're out to do about the charity, stuff like that. But maintaining a consistent brand with uh, graphics and logo and things like that. If you've never heard of Crack and Wax before and you didn't know that we were all about charity, but you constantly see that logo come up and you constantly see the same graphics come up mm -hmm. and eventually maybe you decide to buy into one of our breaks well, we've got your foot in the door simply because we maintain that consistency. And maybe you might see, okay, yeah, they do charity stuff. Let's see what that's all about. But they wouldn't have noticed or recognized us without that proper brand identity. Now, I'm not saying that we need to have the slickest, sharpest, most well-designed logo or graphics in the world, but that's, in our experience, what has brought people in first what keeps people around after that is exactly what you said, what our mission is, hmm. and then what we're able to do uh, as a breaking unit. We try to keep things very professional and loose at the same time. If you've ever been in our break rooms, uh, like this past weekend, as soon as uh, LQ hopped in, uh, she's like the highlight of every break. Uh, <laughs> people love when she jumps in. It's, it's very warm and welcoming, but you, you don't know that until you get into the room but what brings you into the room? It's number one, it could be what you see on your screen. Number two, it might be other people talking about what we do. What keeps you there is that warmth that we bring to our live break room. Uh, what keeps you there is the charity aspect. What keeps you there is how professional we try to make things and how fast we ship and all those other background details that you really won't know about just by looking at a logo. Right. Got it, got it, got it. So what I'm hearing is, and this is, I mean, this is relevant for anyone that owns a business or <laughs> is trying to build a brand. Use your logo, your design, your structure as a way to promote your mission. It all needs to kind of work together. And I think a lot of times in this industry, people just don't know what they want their brand to look like and really what their mission is. <laughs> so you don't know either one of those. It's going to be really hard to focus on brand awareness. That's my takeaway from what you're saying. Absolutely. And like I said, you don't have to have the, the, the best looking logo in the business, but you do have to, I think in my point of view, my personal opinion, at least have, uh, all of your graphics and your brand identity, everything involved with that be professional because that's the first thing people are going to see. Hmm. That's your first impression. If I peruse, um, other breaking sites as a customer and this is just this is this is all customer psychology. This isn't just, you know, um, someone trying to trick you into buying into a break. The natural reaction is if you see a very poorly done logo, um, maybe they're not doing other things that well. Now, that's could be totally wrong. Maybe they're the best breakers in the world and they just, you know, didn't have uh, the foresight to maybe clean up their logo or something like that. I'm not saying the logo is the most important thing in the world, but as far as customer psychology goes, that's basically your first impression before you buy is you see that ad or you see the tweets with the graphics or the logo, uh, a breaker that I, uh, really appreciate that does this really well is top shelf. They are, they are on the ball with their graphics. He's all right. And, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Only because I know Chris will actually listen to this. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> Did you know I, I I used to think he was a graphic designer? Wow. Hey, yeah. Well, really he and I have so many now. different things in common. Uh, we are we are one of the many Chris's in the hobby. <laughs> um, we both drum. We both uh, have uh, some sort of background in the music industry. We're both breakers. And I just, for whatever reason, thought that, well, he must also be a graphic designer because I've always just really loved what they've done with their brand awareness mm. and, and their logos and graphics. And turns out he outsources that. So, yeah, which uh, well, kind of goes back to your point, right? Lo logo is key. And don't freak out if you can't do it yourself because, my goodness, it's 50 bucks to go outsource a logo these days. <laughs> you know, like if you can't invest yeah, that, I'm then you're probably in the wrong business. Yeah, like I, when you showed me when you first changed the Breaker Culture logo, I'm like, yes, that's this is this is great. I love this. <laughs> if if someone were looking at this and had never heard of you, the thought process, and this is again customer psychology. Well, these people must know what they're doing. They have a real slick logo, you know. Mm. So that gets the foot in the door. Now that doesn't tell you that you know what you're doing, but at least looks like you might. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned earlier that breaking is a niche and of, of course it is a niche i wouldn't say it's as much of a niche as it used to be in fact i would say i i would guess that a majority of people in the hobby now are very familiar with what group breaking is mm -hmm. because yep. of that because of the rise of group breaking i feel like more so than ever first impressions really really are important oh yeah you know yep. so i, I thought i'll probably throw a twitter poll out there and kind of see you know, how how important is a first impression to you when you're breaking because I'd be curious to know, like, if, it, if first impression is poor, do you even consider coming back to the breaker? And sure. I, I would venture to say it's the majority is going to say no. <laughs> it's that's it. We're moving on. Because of course you're going to have your segment of, of of buyers who are only looking for uh, the cheapest price, right? And it doesn't matter what your logo looks like. It doesn't matter um, what your break presentation on your stream is. I mean, you could have, you know. Uh, the the worst looking stream with like the messiest like you know 50 things on your screen going at the same time and that person might just buy because it's the cheapest or you you'll have your segment who are very very loyal to one breaker um no matter what you know you'll have that segment yep. as well i mean so it's again it's not 100 about that logo but there i mean i think it's a real important first impression to make especially for those who have never heard of you before for sure you've also been doing some of the um what do they call it? Is it Periscope still on Twitter? Or do they call it Twitter Live? What, what's the actual term they use? Well, when I log into it, it's still called Periscope, but I have heard uh, Twitter Live okay. out there. So I'm not sure if maybe uh, Twitter's changing the brand on, on that uh, eventually. Got it. Okay. How does that stuff work for you? I mean, just kind of showing your face a bit more, it, kind of being, I guess, being real, being normal. Do you feel like that's a that type of brand awareness that engagement is helpful for you? I or? do think it's really important, especially, okay. in, especially in this day and age, because I think a lot of people, and this goes with any, anything, anything you buy from, in, not even just in trading cards. I mean, this could be with your, with your phone company. Uh, people want to see a human face. They don't want, um, like if, if they have something that's bothering them with their service, they don't want to just fill out forms. They don't want to talk to a robot. They don't want to, you know, dial their phone and be, you know, hit this number to answer this question, blah, blah, blah. They want to know that there's a real person there that's actually involved with what they're doing. So, um, 
and a guy like uh, I mentioned Dub Mentality earlier, uh, he's really good about getting his face out there. Now, he's not necessarily running a brand, although he could, um, but he's really good at saying, hey, I'm a human being. I'm here. I'm doing this. So anytime I get on Periscope and I'm like, hey, breakers, I challenge you to do this or whatever it is I'm doing, if I'm doing just like a personal break or something like that, I'm a real person. And I collect just like the rest of them. I and if- am a real person. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the guy that goes to my day job. So, <laughs> But I think it's real important huh. uh, to, to be there as, as a person, yep. you know, because th- that's what your customers are. That's what your group is. They're, they're filled with people who are from all different walks of life. They have all different kinds of background. And... As far as the way that we run our particular breaks, like I mentioned, it's warm and kind of loose yet professional. We, just like a lot of other breakers I've heard on your podcast, they're our family to us. They are, they've become our friends. They're not just customers. That's why I don't, I don't like calling them customers because they're more to us than just that. And I know that sounds really cheesy and cliche, but it's honestly the truth. Like we've we've developed, uh, developed good friendships with uh, with both of our, our uh, Debbies and I I've heard other breakers do the same thing we do where we come up with some silly nicknames for their uh, group members. It's just, you know, it's important, I think, to make them feel as if they're not just your customer, but that they belong. And then if they see your face, they're more comfortable talking to you, buying from you, joining your group. <laughs> something, there's something that's a little bit easier about being that customer if you have that presented to them yeah that's true it and by the way if you're not getting little debbie snacks involved for your two debbies then shame on you (laughs) that better be included in one of their next shipments if they're listening it's coming (laughs) and i gotta mention actually speaking of putting your face out there so ty i I was actually laughing with lq about this so you had that that youtube video um was it with for stadium club yeah i'm like look it's ty He's a real person. He's not a robot. <laughs> yeah. No. She's like, yeah, that's exactly how I thought he'd look. I'm like, well, I didn't. <laughs> but there he is. There's Ty. There I am. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Gosh, I've been focusing more on that YouTube stuff. That's uh <laughs> I think that's good. That's real great of you to do. I think it's I think it's important to to branch out and to I know some folks like to just stay in one place. But I think if you're going to expand and broaden a little bit, you do need to hit those other channels. You know, maybe maybe a hit one more than than the other. But I do think it's important. Like what what you're doing is hitting YouTube, and I think think that's relevant to what you do. And there is an audience there that's waiting for the kind of content you're putting out. So mm. I, I really applaud you for for making that uh, that leap. Nice. I just sent you a little heart on Skype, just so you know, for that comment. Aww. <laughs> no one can see it. Yeah, it's nice and red. All right, so you probably heard me talk about coffee to some extent over the past 62 episodes because I've talked about it a lot, and that's because I really, really enjoy coffee. But I don't just enjoy any coffee. I enjoy coffee that's freshly roasted, that smells amazing, that's organically sourced, and coffee, when I ordered online, I want it to be shipped to my door within a few days of being roasted. That's the type of coffee I like. Well, I got good news for you guys. I own a company called DubsCoffee.com. I'm part owner of this company for four years now, and all we do is source and ship and provide fresh roasted coffee for our clients. When you place an order on dubscoffee.com, that bag of coffee is placed in the queue 
and it's roasted specifically for you. There's no shelf coffee, nothing stale sitting around waiting to ship to you. This is coffee that is roasted specifically for you. And I can promise you, when you get it in the mail, your mailman and your family and yourself is gonna you're gonna be amazed when you open that bag and, and you see and smell how good that coffee is. Isn't that right, Shani? Yes, Tyler, that's right. That's a good point. Thank you, Shani. Uh, guys, go to dubscoffee.com and enter code BREAKERCULTURE and you will get free shipping and your first two bags for only $10 each. An amazing deal. You won't find that deal anywhere else. I can promise. Dubscoffee.com. You can support Breaker Culture that way. And the best part is you get coffee in exchange for doing that. Back to the show. So, no national for you this year, right? Which I'm bummed because I was looking forward to hanging with you. Yeah, we were really, really looking forward to going to, and it was something we were going to be planning on doing. You got some Um, more important stuff to handle. We've got more important stuff. You got some some kid stuff coming, and I like it. It's much more important. Yeah, yeah. A lot of our group members already have have heard the uh, the adoption story, so I don't want to bore anyone. But uh, we're staying home uh, just in case uh, a big thing happens. We're not saying it will. You know, I, you can't miss those moments, though. You just can't no, risk it. Nope, no. I get it. Yep, yep. I get it. Well, if you got a shirt or two that you need to give to people, send them to me. I'll go pass them out for you. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so what, what else is planned for you the rest of the year? Then Anything big? Are you got uh, anything you're kind of changing a little bit now that you've gone first half of 2019? I or, think I've already kind of made those changes. So uh, okay. er, earlier in the year um, – we kind of experienced, and I think it's more product-based why we experienced kind of a, mm-hmm. a little bit of a lull. But I, sure. during that, I had the opportunity to kind of tweak things with uh, how we're presenting ourselves. Um, and the changes we made was uh, more to our, our, our stream. And uh, I've actually seen other breakers kind of latch on to how we've started streaming. And I think that's... I think that's cool. I think it's great. So we, because I like to... On, I, I think you've seen a couple of our breaks. I like to leave the screen open yep. uh, and I, I like to let the break breathe and then only pop that chat room up once in a while i've tucked that over on the on the left side i i tuck the team board over on the on the other side and i only pop those up when necessary so and i've uh you know put the branding at the very top so it's not covering everything so it's you know everything's nice and open so i've changed all that um and i've also changed kind of the way that uh breaks are being built out and i had to learn that through uh coming into a products in which we had, uh, unfortunately lost money. I mean, that happens. I mean, I'm not going to, we're a business. We're going to occasionally lose money once in a while. Hey, but if, it, if it's occasionally, is, that's a great thing in this hobby. That is. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially the, our model is like, cause since we're donating, donating so much uh, yep. to charity, right. it doesn't take much for, for our uh, P and L's to go in, in, in the, in the red, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. So, but I think the, the little minor adjustments we've made since then, uh, I think we've seen a lot of success. And so in later in the year, we're just going to keep trucking along with how we've been doing things. Uh, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. I'm really excited to see uh, how Ginter turns out this. I, I'm so pumped for this weekend. I'm just like, 
you can't see it, but I'm like, my, I've got my fist clenched. Like, yes, this weekend's going to be awesome. Mm, <laughs> I felt it, the wind from your fist clenching. Um, what, what's so, what, what exactly are you excited about with the Ginter? Cause I was going to ask a little bit about the, this specific product release. What, what's getting you excited about this release? Well, I'm more excited about the charity part, honestly, but as far as the, uh, the release itself, uh, I always like Ginter. I know it's very divisive. It's something where either you love it or you hate it. There aren't very many many people that are in that gray area. I mean, this yeah. time of year, I see a lot of people um, kind of speak out about it, you know. But yep. I I love the fact that they are, they're keeping the formula basically the same. Um, I think a lot of the highlights in this one, you've got a, a Harrison Ford autograph mm-hmm. in Ginter, which I think is exciting. Agreed. Uh, I don't know if I don't know how many he's signed. I, I think with Harrison Ford, you probably get ten out of it. You know, ten autographs and go, oh, let's do something else. I'm <laughs> he's out of my way. That's, uh, that's <laughs> actually not a bad impression. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, beyond that, I I don't know. I've just always loved you know like the rip cards. Oh my gosh, I've got kind of a nightmare story for well at least on my end. I, it was fun while we did it. So last year we pulled an Otani Mike Trout number to 10 double rip card and every year if i pull it and the person's in the chat room i'll be like do you want us to rip it because in my point of view if it's a rip card it's meant to be ripped so i'm like no why did we pull an otani trout number to 10 because now i'm going to ask them if they want me to rip it and in my head it's like don't rip it don't rip it right exactly (laughs) and then she's like rip it like oh my god (laughs) so we ripped it and of course what came out of it was like oh man it was just like one of the the uh super short print minis that are numbered to like to 450 mm-hmm. and and the the intact double rip card would have been worth way more than what was on the inside and it was just like uh. no other kidding. than that i really love ripping the, the rip cards yeah <laughs> so you that always goes to the person on the rip card itself right it doesn't change where if you pull something out of the rip card and it's different correct team. right yeah i Got actually it. i put that card right back in the rip and i and i send it to the person that uh you know th- so in that case it would have been the angels owner mm. that whole thing because it would have been in there whether i ripped it or not right you know right exactly mm, that's, yeah, that's I tough love, i love those i love the the mini autos uh i love uh the really unique uh like dna relics um i know years past they put in you know like dinosaur teeth and thing like things like that <laughs> you're not going to get that out of stadium club or uh museum collection although that has the right name for it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, you know, my, my initial response to the checklist is uh, I think it's as good as normal, right? You add a Harrison Ford in there, that's probably a $500 autograph. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Gary Vanderchuk's auto does, Gary V, uh, being that he has a non-sports auto in there. If if I was to guess, I would guess Gary V and all of his cronies would probably bid that thing up to a grand easy Possibly, possibly. So like I could see that being a super valuable card and, and um by the way, I think he's given a keynote at the national this year, so that'll be interesting. He's become kind of the face of sports cards, oddly enough. It's really funny. <laughs> I'm not I'm well, not I, so sure what I think about all the Gary V hype. I mean I, look, I'll take it for the hobby. And uh, Gary V has his place and he does what he does really well. But Right, right. It's uh it's kinda like, wait a second. We've been saying these things for a while. <laughs> In fact, we might have a shirt. I'm giving away a little little hint of what Breaker Culture might bring to the uh, national. We might have a shirt, and it might say something like, we told you to buy Prism Silvers before Gary V. 
<laughs> and then you're gonna go to his keynote speech and have him sign one of them. Oh, dude, exactly. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All publicity is good publicity. Is that what they say? But is it really true? <laughs> We're gonna find yeah, they, out. They do say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, but but the otherwise, I, I mean. I mean, this, this year's class is good, so it's hard to argue with this year's class. But the, the non-sports autographs were, yeah, oh, man. All right. I mean, I, I don't really want Justin Bieber's wife. <laughs> like, no no offense. Or a American Ninja Warrior. But it's, it's Ginter. To know, I'm interested to know if we're going to end up with another Bitcoin type of card like we did last year. And mm-hmm. I don't think Gary V is going to be it because I think that's kind of a manufacturer. They're forcing the issue with that if they're trying to create that type of thing again with him. Mm-hmm. Because the Bitcoin thing was totally unexpected and accidental. Tops wasn't thinking that was going to happen. No one was thinking that was going to happen, but it did. So are is there something on that checklist that we've been looking at and not expecting? Maybe that, that odd egg card that's not numbered. Well, that's going to be the one. <laughs> yep. That's going to be the one. There was a lot of goofy momentum around that egg stuff yeah i i think that's going to be one of those crypto type. oh i mean honestly the gary v stuff could be crypto like where it's just there's a ton of hype there's like 10 select buyers who are bidding everything up mm. and it just drives the price up to an insane amount for the first three weeks so yeah that, but the difference is is that now you've got a face on it last year there was no face to the Bitcoin right hype, you right know? yeah that's true that's true. So, what do you do when you're uh, when you're breaking Ginter to speed up the process of breaking it? I mean, cause that's why most breakers don't break it because it's such a long and tedious break. Is there anything you've learned to kind of make that a little bit more efficient? Ginter is yeah, tedious is a very good word to use for Ginter. Um, we are not necessarily what you would call speed breakers to begin with. Now, I don't sit there. I'm not like a you know a turtle breaking open a pack and you know. <laughs> going front and back with every single card. I do kind of warp speed what I can. I do like to show every card, but with Ginter, it's one of those things where, you know, and, and I kind of powwow with LQ because she's she's there for the whole, whole day doing this with me. Okay, we're going to rip open every pack as fast as we can. I'm going to show up every card, mm-hmm. um, but we've got to get this um, sorted and collated as we're doing it because we've got, you know, two cases of this to do today and who knows what else tomorrow because it takes a lot more time than than a lot of other products do simply because of the breakdown because you've got you've got your mlb stuff you've got your non-mlb stuff then you've got your uh box loaders you've got your minis you got your framed minis this and that and who knows what else um so as far as making it go quicker it's literally just like the day before scout out that checklist uh, kind of break down what to expect and kind of we make a little breaking board on our dining room table when we have big breaks like this and yeah. okay this goes here this goes there and kind of practice that night before with like <laughs> rehearsals no, I'm serious I'm actually I'm honestly serious like because if, if it's a product that um, is going to have like little odd things that we don't have a spot for mm-hmm. I mean, seriously because this takes up our whole table it's nice to practice. Okay, this will go here, this will go there. Then we don't have to think about it. We don't have to waste time asking questions and looking at the checklist. And that's just that's the whole uh, piece of trying to keep things professional. Again, mm-hmm. I say we're loose as well. I mean, you have to go with the flow. 
unexpected things happen. Like uh, that one year where Brent Williams found the uh, lid cards in Ellen and Ginter. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to go with the flow. You know, you don't know that's going to be in there. Well, oops, there it is. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. So, I love the, the rehearsal parts. Brilliant. <laughs> you have to like every single break. LQ's like, okay, what, what's going to be in this one? I'm like, okay, yeah. well th- this one's Bowman draft. So there's about 5,000 cards, but they're all base cards. So right. we're just doing the base card setup nice. or this year, or this one is going to be, uh, Oh, let's say it's uh, national treasures and it's just going to be all hits. So you do, you can just sit back and take pictures or whatever. You don't have to mm-hmm. fly through everything. So each, each, each product is, has its own little quirk. And, you know, I honestly think being prepared is the way to go. And and if if rehearsing that break, as silly as that sounds, is going to help, then do it. Yep, exactly. Now, did they, I'll admit, I'm not, I haven't broke as much Ginter as you, obviously, but did they do full-size autos last year? Because I know they're doing this year. Yes, I believe they did. did. And I don't think there were too many of them. And I, I don't think we pulled any. If okay. I remember correctly, we pulled a lot of uh, different stuff, but I don't think we pulled any full size autos. Okay. And and I'm trying to remember if those full size autos were packed, hard signed, or if they were redemptions or not. I would assume the redemptions. That'd be my guess. I, I would guess all these this year yeah. are redemptions too. Um, because I know Post Malone, who I think is top tier pop culture non sports auto, is a full size. Okay. And then James Holzhauer, the Jeopardy dude, is full right. size. Right. Yeah. So there's a couple that are that are pretty good full size autos. And then you've got you've got our our guy from uh, Grand Slam. Now um, is his full size or is his mini? And then you've got Tom Fish. Okay. First off, I'm Grand Slam. You talking Ken Burns? Who are you talking about? Nope. Oh, okay. So, um, so I, I thought Denny's when you said that. That's how scary that was. Oh, <laughs> like, oh we got the Denny's founder. That's neat. So, Tops did that uh, that um, that charity auction mm-hmm. um, early in the year at uh, uh, I forget if it was at the summit or what it was. Um, and uh, the, the the gentleman that owns Grand Slam uh, cards, I think it is. Okay. And I th- was he? Yeah, I can't remember. But uh, he uh, donated like twenty one thousand dollars or something like that. <laughs> And that all went to the Clay Parks uh, thing. Okay, yeah, um, cool. So he's uh, got an autograph card. Uh, and from the same event, I believe, uh, Tom Fish ended up getting an, uh, a bonus autograph card in <laughs> Ellen and Ginter, which itself is also divisive, but I, it, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, no, whatever. It's all good. Yeah, that's what Ginter's built for. Yeah, totally. Totally, I agree. I, I would agree. I mean, honestly... He probably deserves an auto, considering how much he's helped build some of the brands of these cards with the uh, sure. the marketplace he's helped build. So yeah, go for it. Sweet. Huh. Okay. Yeah. The other one is uh is the stained glass minis because they didn't do that last year, right? Isn't that new? Yep, I believe that is that that to me sounds cool. And and again, if they've put a if they put some prototypes out there, if it's if on the sell sheet or anything, I I just missed it. But I'm excited to see what those look like. Yeah, I always think of Stadium Club whenever the stained glass thing comes up because that was something that uh, uh, I haven't seen in a couple years, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, I'm excited too. I'm really excited. Yeah. What What were uh, 
what were pre-buy prices on cases? Out of curiosity. What was oh, the, uh... let me look at my cell or not my cell sheet, my spreadsheet. I've got spreadsheets for everything, man. This is this calculating, is how you calculating robotic right. Chris. You got to stay on top of stuff. And let me see, Ginter, Ginter, Ginter. All right, so they had them listed on. I always have the blowout listing um, originally at eleven fifty. Okay. And I'm going to actually check them now because sometimes blowouts good about adjusting prices mm -hmm. uh, during the week. Where are you at now? They are currently at almost 1,200. Okay, so, on so blowout. actually not that bad. So they're trending upwards. So if if they're trending upwards on blowout, I would assume they're trending upwards elsewhere as well. Yeah. Well, luckily. If you just go to breakerculture.com and you type in Allen and Ginter 2019, you'll see prices everywhere. Ah. See, I should have just gone there. I don't, what was I thinking? It's okay. You know what? We'll see if you who get need, to come back on in the next seven months. Who needs a spreadsheet? Just go to Breaker Culture. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the new tagline. Helping you forego spreadsheets everywhere across the hobby. Breakerculture.com. <laughs> Yeah, That's your I'll... elevator speech. Right? <laughs> exactly. So wait, you do what? Um, okay, cool. So uh, Saturday it is. What else can uh, what else can I know you had a call to action to group breakers for everyone to step up and donate a portion of charity, which I thought was great. You yeah. showed your face in doing that, which is good. Yep. And then what uh, what else can breakers? I mean, uh, can customers do? You got to fill some spots. You got the charity prize packs. Would you consider adding a third case or no? Is that not going to work? I think uh, I would love to do a third case, but I think uh, I think the two cases is all literal quirk is up for this weekend. <laughs> um, we actually talked about doing a third case, and I just I think we're far enough along in the week where um, we've done all the marketing we're going to be able to do to fill up two cases and the charity prize pack. Uh, I think we're good with two. Maybe next year will be different. I think if I did a third case, I would need to hire some help. I think she might walk out on me and <laughs> call her parents. <laughs> Mom, Dad, I need to come home. <laughs> Christopher's doing way too many cases of Alan Ginter. I can't do this. <laughs> He's gone crazy. All he wants yep. to do is open Ginter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there could be worse things, LQ. When you listen to this, there could be worse things that Chris gets involved in. Okay, my goodness. Chill out. You're going to end up on her list. She has a very famous Twitter list, and you don't want to be on it. So be careful, <laughs> be careful Ty. Be oh. very careful. All right. Uh, she's the one that wants to be on the show. So she's got to cater to my needs. Hmm. Take that. I don't know. I think maybe maybe breaker <laughs> culture should maybe uh, adapt their schedule to hers. Is that? I bet you anything that's what she would say. Now, I'm not saying that. That's fair. I'm not saying that. That's fair. That, this is this is going to be cut out. I'm cutting this part out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's disparaging on me is getting cut out. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, all right. Um, oh, my gosh. We said we're going to keep this to like 30 minutes, and here we are at an hour. This is what we do. We just have well, so much fun. I'm very long-winded. I've mentioned this in uh, previous podcasts. <laughs> I'm yeah. very long-winded. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Like I said, we edit out. I don't, I don't think I'm going to edit much, so this is great. Once again, your quality's outstanding. Your content's outstanding. All right, let's do a little rapid fire. Let's do it. Stranger Things 3, have you seen it? 
We've seen all but the last two episodes. Okay. I haven't even seen season two, but it's obviously hot right now. What, uh, what's your Rotten Tomatoes score on Stranger Things 3? I would say for the point in the show that we're at, I would give it an 85. Oh, shoot. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That makes me excited about it. Um, I want to put you on the spot here with Ginter. What's your favorite Ginter release of all time? The first one, 2011, because I think that's that's what did it for me. That's what mm. got me. That was about the time where I was deciding um, whether breaking was going to be something I wanted to do. Okay. All right. What um, What's your favorite pull that you've ever pulled out of Ginter? You might just go trial with Tani, right? That is definitely one of them for sure. And and Debbie, I'm so sorry that I ruined that card for you. That was her card. Um, <laughs> Little Debbie um, coming your way. Yeah. That's totally worth it, right? That's a fair trade. <laughs> <laughs> Your supply. Um, I think other than that, there was, well, we we did pull that Tony Hawk um, autograph one year. I don't know, because Gitter's so all over the place. Everything to me is just so fun. But just because it's so fresh on my mind, yeah, I would I would go with that that Trout Otani just because it's such a it's burned into my head as being it's something that I feel bad about. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's fair. Uh that I mean that's a great card too. What was oh, that? Yeah. Was that a grand? It was pro- probably around a thousand dollars. Oh, I on... probably yeah, burned a good thousand dollars right there. Just you know, I mm. I'm surprised she still breaks with us to be honest. But she did tell me to break uh, to hit uh, it, so I was gonna say. That's on Debbie. Oh, yeah, Debbie. Um, shoot, I bet even Rip, I bet that thing still sells for two hundred bucks. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably a coaster somewhere though. <laughs> you got to pick one pop old culture icon to rip Ginter with you on Saturday. Who do you pick? Pop culture. I would love to have. You're gonna laugh at me, Paul McCartney. Okay, that sounds good. Well, maybe I'll arrange that. <laughs> that was the Paul worst McCartney. part. Paul McCartney, because he's an absolute legend. He's a freaking beetle for crying out loud. Um, we love the guy. And you yeah. don't think of Paul McCartney and trading cards at the same time. So I would love to get his perspective on this stuff, you know, because I'm sure the last time he had any involvement was when they actually produced Beatles cards way back in the 60s. I think it would be really fun to get his take hmm. on what we're doing. That would be cool. I could just see him pulling a Post Malone card and be like, yeah, get this crap out of here. <laughs> what is what is this? <laughs> well, I need to be into this next year. <laughs> um, which, uh, which sports player do you pick to break with you all day? Ginter. Uh, see, see, now you asked me this last I, time. I did. I I'm, said, it's got to change. I, I said Aaron Rodgers, but uh, oh, let's change it up. I would say Joe Maurer because okay. he's just so dull and boring, and I would just love to see him. Uh, what his level of, of excitement would be if we did pull one of his cards. And we've actually been pulling some good Mauer cards in here lately. It's been weird. Mm. I just want to see his face light up in that little, like, you know, that the little corner of his mouth just kind of go up and that's as excited as he gets, you know? Mm. What customer do you have come on site and break with you? That is a loaded question. sir. Oh baby. That is a loaded question. Um, I've actually already had uh, one of the Debbies, actually the Debbie that uh, whose card. <laughs> Do you I have any other customers Debbie. not named Debbie? My gosh. Uh, we've got lots of Chris's. 
Let me just point out. Now, I've said this off air to you before, but if, if you folks are listening, it is odd how many Chris's there are in the hobby. So there's me. There's Top Shelf Chris. There's CRT Chris. There is um, Cards Infinity Chris. There's Chris from Blowout Cards. There's Chris from Cadority Cards. Um, the joke was if we were going to be going to the national, I was going to make a t-shirt that says I'm with Chris and the whole group of Chris's were just going to walk around together wearing the same t-shirt. <laughs> oh, there's Chris from, uh, Bucks city breaks. I, I could go on and on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've cut another five minutes off the episode. Um, yep. Okay. All right. Favorite release, not Ginter. You know what? It's almost always immaculate. Wow. From Panini. Okay. I, and I know people uh, usually are like right? the baseball. Yeah. Yeah. For baseball, people are like, why do you like that unlicensed product? I, I don't you, know. You keep <laughs> pulling good stuff out of it. That's why. Well, you, it's I like the design more than anything else. I just I think that's one of the, 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 the designs that Panini has done. Now, it's it's been a little copy paste the last because uh, they do kind of the same style each year. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I just gravitate towards that design. So, yeah. And that's yeah. coming up in a couple of weeks, too. That's true. You got a case or two coming in? I do. I, I have a couple cases coming in, and nice. I'm very excited. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so Die. much. Folks, Absolutely. go check out Crack and Wax at crackandwax.com. Crack yep, and Wax all over wanna, social media. Yeah. Yep, if you want to donate to the prize pack, crackandwax.com slash shop is where you're going to find the charity prize pack. That's right. We'll talk offline about a good way to kick up some promotion in the next few days i'll try to try to make it fun for listeners absolutely so good stuff all right oh shoot i forgot to hit record dang it (laughs) just kidding no man great talking to you have a good week hey keep cracking that wax see (laughs) see ya